you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Urban Shooter Podcast. This is episode 329. Going to give you some candid thoughts about Edward Snowden, race, politics, and black rifles. I talked to three trainers this week, so we're going to get a lot about the American rifle. You know that modular thing some people are afraid of? Mm-hmm. And a cigar of the week. All this and more coming up next after we rock out. CrossBreedHolsters.com present the Urban Shooter Podcast, the pro-gun variety show featuring guns, comedy, news, product reviews, interviews, and more. Hosted by the black man with a gun, activist, author, teacher, your friend and brother from another mother, Reverend Ken Blanchard. Show notes can be found at blackmanwithagun.com. Hey, that's a little different, huh? Got little eagles in the background. I wanted to do that. Just change it up, keep it fresh, keep it popping. Let me know what you think of the new intro. Hope you're doing all right this week. I'm getting feisty. Yeah, I am. I'm coming out of whatever the funk I was in. And some of it, I'm coming off with some rants, so you might hear some stuff in here that might make your jaw tight, but I got to tell you right up front, you know it's right. After John Wayne leads us in a pledge of allegiance, we're going to talk about that too. We're going to hear from the Declaration of Independence, and then we're going to get on with some stuff that might make you scratch your head and wonder why you're listening to this black man with a gun. Or might make you say, hell yeah. We'll see. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, July, July 4th, time of the year of flying the flag and wearing red, white, and blue and cookouts and eating stuff and going to parties and celebrating America's freedom, our independence. But you know, at the same time, there's a whole bunch of folks that just sit around complaining and talking bad about our country. Kind of ticks me off. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. What will you find at Gun Rights Magazine? Local gun laws. You'll find things you want to know written by people like you. Concealed carry tips. People who travel and train. Humor. Authors who own and carry concealed. Writers who read and travel and then share what they've learned. From left and right, from top to bottom, they've got the country covered. Come, give them a read at gunrightsmagazine.com. That's gunrightsmagazine.com. (laughs) 
And now, the Declaration of Independence. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly, all experience have shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer, while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariable the same object invents a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly, proposing with manly firmness, his invasion on the rights of the people. He has refused, for a long time, after such dissolutions, to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of evasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states, for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers, 
He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out of their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to the acts of pretended legislation, for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in the neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. For taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislatures, and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coast, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages whom known rule of warfare is the undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define the tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in attentions of our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of their circumstances of the, our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They, too, have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them, as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war. In peace, friends. We, therefore, 
the representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That riff will wake you up on it. A friend sent me a great graphic depicting an AR-15 rifle with a text asking the question, is it because I'm black? Inferring the fear the uninitiated have about the modern modular system known as the black rifle. Made me think about myself as the black man with a gun. You know, since 1991, I've been using that phrase to market myself after being advised not to tell anybody about my bona fides as a firearms instructor. 20 years ago, my employers didn't want me to disclose that I had trained alongside and in shoot houses with Delta, SEALs, and Force Recon operators. I couldn't tell that I had done all kinds of things to protect American interest. I used race for its shock value hoping that eventually nobody would even care that this black man had a gun. This has been some journey for me. I have learned about politics and realized that I prefer to be around veterans or folks who have been in the mix. They are people don't care what color you are as long as you have their back in a firefight. I've survived some stuff starting as a kid and now would just rather make you smile than make you mad. I'd rather encourage you to be a better person than debate foolishness on Facebook. And there's all so much foolishness out there. I got tweaked last week when I watched some younger people not show respect for the national anthem, old glory, or themselves for that matter. I heard a woman say that the 4th of July was a white folks holiday. I won't go into what happened in those two cases, but I'm still salty about it. We still have a race problem in America, but it's different today than it was when I started out. Today, I think it's perpetuated mostly by black people. Yeah, I said it. It might make your jaws tight, but it's right. We look for racism, foster, and even revel in it like a dog with a bone. We got comedians turned evangelists, personalities turned preachers that capitalize on it. For example, the country is in trouble financially, socially, and morally. We have the worst Congress we ever had, and folks say, at least we got a black president through all of that. I heard that white folks don't like Obama because he's black. Truth is, come on, white folks voted him into office. Might make your jaws tight, but it's right. Then we got that Zimmerman trial. It's about a wannabe cop on trial for killing a teenager. That should be the end of the story. 
One is Hispanic and one is African-American. It is tragic. It is horrible. It's the loss of two lives. Too many folks want to make it a national race issue. Anybody that promotes a riot or threatens it is a racist to me. Anybody that sympathizes with Zimmerman is branded a racist. And then there's that Paula Dean thing, which just keeps getting funnier every day. Yeah, I said it. Might make your jaws tight, but it's right. We got the Hatfield and the McCoys fight going on right here with white and black America. It needs to end. There comes a time to put down that which is holding us back. It's not helping this nation at all. Too many of us are stuck in the past like a child of domestic violence that eventually becomes a wife beater. I changed. I know we can. You can't go forward looking in the rearview mirror for the rest of your life. I know it made your jaws tight, but it's right. All right, this week we're talking about black rifles, and I got a chance to see one that's probably worth close to $10,000. Never seen a $10,000 AR? Look for the picture on the show notes. Here's a description from the owner of what he has. I want to let you into a conversation I had with Sean up at Nova Armament about his LMT 308 rifle. This guy is smooth. He's good looking enough to be on The Bachelor, but he's a U.S. Army professional soldier, a sniper. Here's Sean, in his own words, talking about one of his tools of his trade. If you want to see him personally, you might want to go up to Nova Armament up in Herndon, Virginia. Here's my little brother. It's not a lot to it. It's just uh, it's the LMT 308, uh, 7.62 by 51. With this particular weapon, it does have a 16-inch chrome-lined uh, barrel. That being said, I sent my barrel to ADCO, and you can see the ball dimpling there. Uh, also, pin and weld a surefire muzzle brake on there, uh, designed for the 7.62 weapon. Pretty much the brake mitigates some of the recoil you feel, uh, so you can get your follow-up shots uh, a lot better. Uh, got the uh, surefire M620V flashlight. It also has an IR head. Uh, if you have night vision equipment, you can use that to engage targets at night. And I also have the Lupult CQBSS, uh, which is Lupult's flagship uh, optic. It's a one-to-one to eight power. Uh, so it's a, a CQBSS stands for Close Quarters Battle Sniping Scope. So I can use it in in a uh, in a room in a in a uh, close close range scenario, 25 yards, and then I can dial out, reach it out to you know 800 meters and beyond. Uh, you know, putting it at eight power. Uh, got the LMT buttstock. Uh, it's all all from the factory. Great weapon is actually quite affordable for a 308 platform. I mean, they go for MSRP is about $2,800, and it's definitely squared away. It comes with the Ergo grips, it comes with a Magpul P Mag 308. Uh, it does come with their front and rear sights, but I changed these for flip up because they're kind of monstrous. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're pretty massive, the ones that come with them. But yeah, they, these, these weapons, the AR systems, they're so modular, you can do all sorts of things to them just to, uh, you know, everyone has a different body, everyone, you know, holds the weapon kind of differently. You can you can kind of adjust. I have a hand stop here uh, that I adjust, you know, perfectly to my my sort of uh, my my arm span, mm. and uh, also the buttstock. You can obviously, you know, that's that's been around for a while now. The six position buttstock. 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it's great. Very reliable, very accurate. You have the quick change barrel. Very easy to change the barrel. You just, it comes, if you buy LMT 308, it comes with a torque wrench. Um, you literally just pop these in, take out the barrel. You can remove the gas key. Uh, you can actually just change out another barrel. They make a 20 inch uh, stainless steel barrel. So you can even squeeze out even more accuracy. It's really, uh, really incredible. Right now, I, I'd say it's sub MOA. See what I'm it's yeah, it's sub MOA, uh, uh, which means a minute of angle is a unit of measurement, pretty much determining the weapon's accuracy. Uh, it's it squared away, and I was very surprised because you do lose some velocity when you chop a barrel, uh, but but uh, but yeah, it's it maybe a hundred feet per second, maybe a little more, not a big deal. And then you can like I said, switch out that barrel, torque them back down. I think it's like I think it's like sixty-five foot-pounds or something like that, but it tells you in the. Uh, it tells you in the instructions. It comes with a wrench and everything. It's 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 awesome. Definitely squared away, man. Why is this the flagship scope? Uh, it was designed for uh, special operations. Uh, when uh, when I was in the army, we were, I was using the M110 SAS, which is a nice armament. Um, uh, pretty much, imagine an AR-10 on steroids. That that's what the M110 SAS was. And with that scope or with that with that weapon, it came with a loophole Mark IV. And the Mark IV is a great scope, and it has mill dots, and you can mill your targets and that sort of thing. The only problem was it's it's it was variable power, but it wasn't front focal plane. Uh, it was second focal plane. What a front focal plane scope does is when you actually lower your magnification and and dial up your magnification, the reticle actually will enlarge and uh, and contract with the magnification. If that makes any sense, it's kind of hard to explain. With a with a second focal scope, no matter what magnification you're at, the scope is always going to stay the same. So you can't you can't be accurate unless you're at the the full power. If that makes any sense. So pretty much with that scope on my on my old sniper weapon, I had to keep it at 10 power the whole time because otherwise I wouldn't have accurate shots. But with this weapon, I could dial it down to one power. I could dial it down to eight power, and I can I can I can still have the same. Same uh, ballistics. I have a BDC in there, a Horus reticle, so I can use that for wind calls, for adjusting rounds. If I if I do uh, do a miss, I can see where that round hit, and I can adjust accordingly. If I don't have a spotter with me, and uh, and this the, the, the loophole, they 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 poured a lot of R and D into making this weapon. It's the attention to detail. Um, for example, you have the auto pinch uh, locking turrets here. You literally you have to push these in. And turn the turn the turrets into ensure that you get a positive seal. So sometimes, with the older scopes, uh, you know you'd be you know rucking you know whatever you're doing in Afghanistan, you were hunting or something like that. Uh, these these turrets would actually, uh, you know, they they get slipped by accident. You wouldn't even know about it. And then you get in your target and you know you're all jacked up. Whereas these they have uh, they have that attention to detail there, so you can't do that. And uh, it, it's one of those things. They're getting contracted in the military right now. They're getting thrown on all sorts of weapon systems. And uh, what happened was, like I said, the M110 SAS, the sniper rifle I was using, it was a great weapon, but it was quite long, and it didn't have a it didn't have a collapsible buttstock. So just as soon as that weapon came out, special operations said, "Hey, we need something that has the same ballistic capabilities, but we need something in a smaller package and a little lightweight." So that's when Knights Armament came out with the M110K1, which is their carbine model of the of the M110 SAS. And pretty much they cut the barrel to 16 inches, ball dimpled the barrel to reduce weight, at a six position buttstock, and uh, they 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 amazingly they kept the same ballistics from the 20 inch gun. It's incredible, and that's when Lupo kind of worked with Knights 
and say, okay, you know, we need something. We need an optic to mate with this weapon. You know, it's it's uh, it has it's it's such a uh, it's such a great weapon system. If I can get something that we can use indoors, then we're out out in the mountains. Dial up to eight power. We're good to go. So that's where loophole. I mean, it's it's really quite expensive, uh, but it is honestly it's 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 worth it. They do make two different versions. They make one called the TMR reticle, the tactical milling reticle, and that comes. Uh, that's a lot cheaper than the Horus reticle. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a pretty slick setup. It's very accurate, and uh, you know if you go, go with your buddies, you can. What what I recommend everyone do if you do get a precision weapon is is take your time zeroing your weapon. Take as long as you need to ensure that you have the perfect zero. Because after that, all you gotta do is adjust, uh, you know, for range. After that, your zero is dialed in. You don't have to worry about it. You slip the rings, so you keep that. Let's say you do a hundred yard zero, and hey, I have to adjust. Uh, I got two point five mils up elevation. I gotta go. Uh, you know, I gotta go right one mil. No no big deal. So you dial that in, then you'd actually slip the rings, you'd loosen the little set screws, and it will allow the, the turrets to spin without adjusting, you know, your point of aim, point of impact. And then, so you dial those down, you put it to one, or uh, 100, 100 yards in this case, yeah. and uh, you'd have a great zero, and from then on, you're, you're good to go. That's, that's what I, I, tell, I tell my soldiers, I tell, uh, you know, uh, new shooters, ensure you have a great zero, because that's, that's your bread and butter right there. And uh, take your time. The time you take to, to ensure a good zero will, will pay dividends in, in the future for sure. And it's important to recheck your zero from time to time. Just make sure you're squared away. Cool. Yeah, cool. but it's uh, th these weapons they've come a long way. I mean, it's it used to be where you know, a tw only a 20 inch gun could get get you know you could only you could only squeeze so much accuracy out of a, a short barrel weapon. In this case, it's 16 inches. But man, I, I tell you, it, it, it does the trick. It's it's remarkable. Uh, a lot of it is the way they cut their barrel. Uh, it's called a 5R cut. Uh, I, I don't really know the specifics of it, but I know it's a very time, laborious, uh, 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 time-intensive process. Uh, but but uh, it, obviously the results are there. And they have the chrome lining in the barrels, the cold hammer forging. The chrome lining makes it more durable, uh, but they say it can degrade some of the accuracy. But, you know, it's a little trade-off here and there. But the weapon systems are, are absolutely amazing, Ken. They're, uh, they're squared away. And, uh, you know, it's just getting better. You know, we've been at war for over 10 years. All our money has been, you know, well, not all, but a lot of money has been, you know, sent into R&D. Exactly, development for new weapon systems. How can we make our warfighters more uh, more efficient? And they, they've been working you know, wonders. And, you know, this trickles down. It's just, you know, GPS, Internet. It all trickles down to the consumer market. Hunters can, can you know, they can enjoy this technology. Um, you know, it's it's not always you know about you know fighting the bad guys. You know, it, it, there is some recreational use out of these weapons also. I mean, it's 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 awesome. All right. Yeah. Hey, who am I talking to? Sam. Sam Salehi. Yeah, we're working <laughs> Nova Armor. Come come see us. Thank you, man. <laughs> no problem. Smoke them if you got them. Cigar of the week. All right, last week I had the opportunity to smoke a sand crystal ball from Ashton all by myself. But this time I was actually joined by my new buddy, Joe, who is firearms trainer from Annapolis Defense and Security. You can check out the site at AnnapolisDefense.com. Good stuff. Looking forward to working with Joe and bringing some good training. Here in Maryland.
This week, I enjoyed a classic cigar called Aparticus. I had forgotten all about that company, and I was reminded about it when I saw it in the store in Reston. It wasn't the most expensive cigar in the store. It was moderately priced, but it's one of the oldest brands. I think it was actually established in Havana in 1845, and that's the one I was smoking. It had a bright gold band on it that said Partagas 1845. The ones they sell here are not produced in Cuba, but they have a Dominican Republic wrapper, tobacco leaf, the whole thing. I was looking for a dark leaf Maduro, and I found one here. It's not overpowering. It's medium to full body. It was a Robusto. It took about an hour to smoke in the nice heat of the afternoon of humidity here in July in Washington, D.C. area. It was nice. It took me back. Actually, I had got a chance to walk past the original factory in Havana once, which I had dropped in now. But today, I'd buy a box of these again. Partagas, 1845. Check them out. It's my sugar scar of the week. And thank you, Big Joe, for joining me at TitanCigar.com. Appreciate that, man. And best of luck to you as you build Annapolis Defense. All right, I want to talk to you about uh, espionage. Espionage is the second oldest profession. Now, in reality, it's not done as glamorously as it is in a James Bond movie, not as fast as performed by a person of interest. It's not done as effectively as Jack Bauer can do it, but it still happens. Spying is still a crime in almost every nation in the world. It's the gathering of information and data about a potential enemy by infiltration. The United States does it because it saves lives. It prevents war. It can shorten conflict with others. It's a paradox to do what's wrong, to do what's right, but we have been doing it since inception. Spying is easier to do now than it ever has been. Before the Internet connected us internationally, we were more nationalistic. We used to be more concerned with what happened in the U.S. than globally. And probably some of us still think that way. And there's some good and bad there. Today, our businesses seek out the cheapest reproducers of our dreams to market without a care of the long-term ramifications to our economy. As a result of our growing international friendships, infatuations with foreign countries, and freedoms, many don't understand that the world isn't quite the United Federations of Planets yet that you find in the Star Trek movie. There are folks who want to harm us still. As a result, maybe we don't love our freedom as much as we should. Not saying you, but our neighbor. I think they take it for granted. This 4th of July wouldn't be celebrated as much without people like you. And that's sad. We live in a time of relatively prosperous, uh, a relative prosperity, actually. We're free to do almost anything, and because of it, we kind of lost our sense of value, of what's right, what's wrong, what's important. When everything is everything, nothing is right or wrong. I've seen how patriotism is looked upon with disdain as if it was some outdated relic here in the cities of America. We've made everybody heroes. 
We don't want to call a person a criminal even after he or she has committed an illegal act. We have trouble defining the difference between a traitor and a whistleblower, but I come to tell you I am not confused. To me, whistleblowers expose corruption, criminal or illegal activity in corporations and even the government. I'll take it that too. The movie Erin Brockovich comes to my mind. She was that person that was instrumental in constructing a case against a utility company that was hurting people and the environment back in 93. That's a whistleblower. When we talk about Edward Snowden, I think we kind of go amiss. Treason, folks don't want to say it because it's politically incorrect. But let me help you. Traitors betray the trust they promise to uphold. Sometimes in intelligence, it's hard to say what information is not sensitive because of the source or method that it was obtained. People in other countries are executed or go missing a lot when information that they were privy to is leaked by somebody like Snowden. It's also really easy for him not to know the damage he is doing because although he may have stolen a bunch of information, none of us know the whole picture. That information damages relationships, both here and abroad. It may ultimately cost life. Not only does it make you more cautious of the stuff you put on the internet, but it also changes the way our enemies communicate, and that's crucial. That's where the damage begins, and you won't be able to see it. Even though we live in the greatest nation in the world, most of us do not realize that there are so many around us that want to do us harm. The information about those people and organizations is not kept in one place. Everybody is spying. And they do it for their own interest. There are spies in America reading and gathering information, watching the news, and listening to what we say because we gladly give it up. We don't know the value. Spies gather information and data pretty much the same way they always have done, It's just easier today because we don't realize that everybody doesn't like you. It's easier today because spies don't need technology to get information. They just need to friend you. One of the easiest ways to get information is to appeal to the ego of a person with low self-esteem or somebody that wants fame, money, or companionship. And that's a pretty common condition. We've all been there at various stages in our lives. Well, this is the time when you will buy a used car for way too much money. And we've been there. You want that car that makes you feel good. You want the car that makes you look important. And after you buy the car, you realize you paid too much. And before you even get out of the lot, the salesperson introduces you to some smoking hot finance officer or manager that sells you some car mats, some sky hooks, some upholstery treatments for an additional amount that you just don't mind because... They look so good till your payments come in. Well, spies look for these people with access to American information. They appeal to our desire for fame, acknowledgement, or plain greed. When I heard about Edward Snowden, I think he fit into the above category of why he did what he did. It is almost always a young person, idealist, or one going through a midlife crisis that needs the same stuff. The times are different, but the people are the same. Because people don't have a real grasp on what is really going on in the world or how the world still works, there's confusion. 
The WikiLeaks angle is a whole different wrinkle to the story and the spy world in general. Because they do the same stuff that other nations do, but without a nation. And their premise, I guess, is to level the playing field and make everything open. They publish secret information, news leaks, and classified media from anonymous sources. They might work in a science fiction movie, but we're not there yet. To me, they're just anarchists in European suits, and that ain't cool. Folks will still judge you by how you look and how you talk and where you've been and all that good stuff. Nations are no different. If you knew about all the stuff your father or your mother did, you might not hold them in such high esteem. That happens as you get older. Sometimes you find out that your parents are human, that they've done some stuff that you didn't like and you, you had a little bit of problem with it. Most of us outgrow it. We kind of get mature enough to go, yeah, okay, it happens to everybody. But when it first hits you, you're kind of disillusioned. That's what we're working with now. Whether or not we get it or not, espionage is still happening. It's still criminal to give away U.S. information to foreign governments or nonprofit foreign entities for whatever reason. It's unconscionable for us to think that our government is spying on us, I know. But I know that they only do it when they have to. And it's done as judiciously as possible. It's hard to defend our Congress and the politicians we have right now. But I don't believe this case is whistleblowing. I don't think Snowden is anything but an ass. I know our intelligence community pretty well. And they're not the nefarious group you see in the movies. These are the same people that can't drive around the beltway, get snuck in like a half inch of snow, and you see in the grocery store. Here, our, our enemy is us. Apathy and forgetting that freedom isn't free. Aldridge Ames, convicted spy, said that espionage, for the most part, involves finding a person who knows something or has something that you can induce them secretly to give you. That almost always involves a betrayal of trust. Hey, on Saturday, July 13th, 2013, come to Nova Armament for a fire clean demonstration. They have a new product called fire clean it says bring your dirtiest firearm into nova armament from 10 a.m to 1 p.m and they'll clean it for free and demonstrate the absolute awesomeness of fire clean for more questions or any questions you can contact nova armament at 703-435-4222 they're at 795 center street suite 4a in herndon virginia in case i messed something up you can find it at novaarmament.com Hey, this week also there was a march for gun rights using toy guns. Yeah, unbelievable. They said that people have just gone too far and they're just dogging little kids for stuff. So they had a march with toy guns from Arlington to D.C. You'll find um, a link to it on the show notes for Black Man with a Gun. Go f- check that out. WTOP, our news here, was covering it. That was pretty cool. Also, I heard some rumblings that the assault weapons ban was supposed to go into effect July 1st. Well, what happened is the assault weapons ban that is in Maryland is going into effect October 1st. But what is going into effect is the gas hike. There's a tax coming in the state of Maryland. 
And I got details also with links on blackmailandagun.com. Been blogging my tail off this week. It's probably like five or six things. And they all link back to this episode. So for the complete uh, details and the bills and the information, check out the show notes. It's packed this time with links going back out to the site. Thank you for reading blackmanwithagun.com, actually. Um, you can also subscribe to it so that it just sends the RSS feed right to your reader. Don't know what that's about? Nah, don't worry about it. <laughs> just every once in a while, check out my page and feel free to write a comment if you disagree or agree with something I said or if you want to share it. It's always cool. Next up is a conversation with a group of trainers that are law enforcement and current active duty military. Introduced to me by my friend, Kevin Brown. Thanks, Kev, for the intros. Here's a conversation between me and Tommy about training, about, well, you'll hear it coming up next. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I want to introduce you to my audience. Tommy, welcome to the Urban Shooter Podcast. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. I want to introduce folks to the CenterMassCombatTactics.com. I got one of their lead instructors, Tommy Worley. Uh, Tommy, tell me what you guys do. Well, basically, we're a firearms training company. We specialize in, in specifically tactical firearms training. Uh, a lot of our instructors are uh, prior military, uh, current military, or law enforcement, or, or kind of all of the above. Mm-hmm. And we do pretty much any type of, whether it be hand-to-hand combat or, or advanced firearms training, pretty much any, anything has to do with uh, running and gun. You're active duty law enforcement right now, right? That's correct. That's okay. correct. And where is this school located? Well, we lease a range in Hartford County, Maryland, right off of Route 1 uh, in Street, Maryland. Our office on the website is, is located in Cecil County, Maryland. We we have a lot of students come to us. We do have the capability. If it's local and the schedule works out, we do have the capabilities to, to go out to different companies and, and uh, get a host training there as well. So we do a little bit of everything. So you're doing handguns, rifles, shotguns anything. too, anything? Pretty much that weapon system. Mainly what we get is a lot of M4 AR-15 platform. Uh, we have a lot of students come out that want training on shotgun, uh, specifically for home defense for civilians. Mm-hmm. And we do a lot of handgun a lot of handgun work as well. We also do uh, get into other things, precision rifle and some other stuff, a lot of hand-to-hand combat. Oh, really? Yeah, so, one of our main instructors is a pretty much a a martial arts uh, master in several different uh, styles. And he's really taken the, the firearms training to the next level as far as uh, weapon takeaways and, and that's, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. And the website is centermasscombattactics.com? That's correct. And if you want to send an email directly to me, it's centermasscombat861 at yahoo.com. That'll go directly to me if you have questions about training or a particular school. Okay, how about our phone number? Training schedule is on centermasscombattactics.com on the main schedule. Okay. Next class is in August? That's correct. We have a Carbine 1 class coming up in August, and basically that's going to be a two-day program. That The first day will consist of uh, the students come out, they introduce themselves, they talk about their backgrounds. Um, we kind of get to know you a little bit, get, get an idea of why you're there. We go through uh, a lot of PowerPoints, everything from uh, combat survival mindset all the way to clearing malfunctions and uh, reloading and some advanced skills. We do a lot of PowerPoints. 
Then after lunch, students do a lot of dry drills, on loading, unloading, their malfunctions, same type of thing, but they're doing it with a, with uh, snap caps um, and dummy rounds. After that, next to day two, they'll have a written test, and day two is on the on the range the entire day. It's pretty much a, a 10 or 11-hour day on the range. Uh, we do a lot of drills, and then at the end of the day, they'll have a final scenario, and uh, we give out some certificates. So. Yeah, nice, nice. You got a tip for me by any chance? Something I can I can share with my listeners, help them out a little bit. Sure. Um, Talking about malfunctions clearing, that's okay. probably one of the biggest problems that we see on the range these days. Whether it's civilian firearms group or whether it is law enforcement military guys out there, malfunctions clearing problems with the weapon systems gets guys really jammed up for some reason. Uh, I think a lot of guys don't fully understand the cycle of the weapon, how the weapon works. If they did, it would, it would assist them in, in being able to think through the process of clearing these malfunctions. Basically, it should malfunctions clearing should get to the point where it's second nature. You really have three types of problems. You can have a failure to fire where you get that click, whether the chamber's empty, you have a bad round, the magazine's not seated, whatever. Um, if that happens, you get that click, it should be second nature. You shouldn't even have to look what you're doing. You should pull the weapon in, in, in immediately to your workspace, tap the magazine, power short the weapon, rack that slide, chamber the new round, and get the gun back off and attempt to fire. Uh, if you see a stovepipe, that spent casing sticking out of the side of the weapon or out of the top of the weapon if it's a handgun, same thing. Guys see that, that piece of brass sticking out of there and they think they have to rip the magazine out and all that stuff, you don't. It's very simple. If you have a stovepipe, a type 2 malfunction, again, same exact thing. You bring the weapon into your shooter's window, into the workspace, tap the magazine, power short the weapon to get that spent casing out, chamber a new round, and get the gun up and attempt to fire. The only time it really gets a little bit, little bit hairy is if you have a type 3 malfunction where you have a double feed. Uh, in this case, what you're going to have is you're going to have what's called a dead trigger. If you tap rack one or two times and things aren't working and you're under stress, you know you have to go to a Type 3, okay? When you revert to the Type 3 malfunction clearing, bring the weapon in. The first thing you've got to do is lock the slide to the rear. So many guys want to go right for that mag and try to rip it out. The problem is the weapon system's under tension because of the springs. The magazine is not going to come out of the weapon, especially if you're doing one-handed manipulations. You've got to lock the slide or lock the charging handle, bolt carrier, whatever weapon system you're using, you've got to lock it to the rear first. Then the magazine will come out. A lot of times, a round will fall out of the magazine well when that magazine comes out. If that happens, that's a good thing. However, you still need to power start the weapon a couple times and make sure that you get that round out of the chamber. Because if you don't, when you reinsert the magazine, you're just going to cause a double feed again. So when that round falls out, power start the weapon three times, ensuring that the chamber's clear. Reinsert the mag. Again, tap it in there hard. Power start the weapon in the chamber and get the weapon back up on a temple fire. Uh, it's something that a lot of guys think malfunctions clearing is an advanced skill. It's not. It's a very basic skill that pretty much everybody that, that's using a firearm should be familiar with how to get your weapon back up and running. Gotcha. You even talk about wearing gloves too, right? Yeah, we, we stress gloves, uh, particularly with the carbine stuff. You know, under, under stress, uh, if we put you under a time restraint or if you're, you know, operating with guys that you work with, peer pressure. Peer pressure can do some crazy things to you. Gets guys all jacked up, their adrenaline's going. It's real easy. We've seen a lot of guys, you know, rip open fingers and stuff as they're trying to get it done real quick and they're getting jammed up. So we, we stress at a minimum gloves. We like to see guys 
really military and law enforcement guys, we get on them pretty hard about wearing their actual gear that they would deploy with uh, when when they're taking that weapon system out for real and lives are on the line. You know, the gear that they train with then is the same gear we want to see them come out to the schools with, their vest, their fire rig, whatever, that, whatever the case might be. Gotcha, gotcha. Don't let your macho get you beat down. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Let me hit that um, website address one more time. CenterMassCombatTactics.com, or if you want to send something directly to me, it's CenterMassCombat861 at Yahoo.com. All right, man. Thank you so much for that. And make sure we Appreciate gonna, you having we're going to check in with you again periodically and keep us on tap on what's going on in the real world. Absolutely. We'll see you on the range. Be safe. Be safe, man. Thank you. Hi, this is Reverend Ken Blanchard, and I want to invite you to join us at the Unnamed Church podcast that comes out every day, Monday through Friday, a little inspiration, a message to help you in your walk with Christ. It is a part of the BlanchardChapel.us. Come join us, won't you? All right, we're wrapping it up, and I want to thank you for joining me again this week. Quick shout-out to everybody who joined me on the show, Tommy and Joe and Sean. Thanks, Crossbreed Holsters, for backing your brother one more time. Shout-out to my friends at Nova Armament. You guys hold strong. It's going to be all right after a while. Shout-out to all the friends and family at freedomsnetwork.org. That's a little mini social media site that's safe. Thanks, Rob, for the gunrightsmagazine.com ad. Thank you for being a part of my family. If you need to contact me, my toll-free number is 888-675-0202. I'm available for interviews, for voiceovers, for whatever you need for your show. Also, you can check the show notes out. There'll be plenty of links for this one on episode number 329. Is it because I'm black? My email address is blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. I'm hoping you got the big piece of chicken, the tasty piece of rib, the hot dog, the hamburger that makes your mouth water. And you remember freedom because it isn't free. If you got a business and need some advertisement, my reach is starting to grow. I might be able to help you. Talk to you soon. Yeah, I was in IHOP the other day having some pancakes and saw this lady choking on bacon. Unbelievable. We're sitting there eating and all of a sudden this lady starts coughing. Man, she's going for it. You can tell she's in bad shape. It's these two hillbillies right in front of her though. They look over her shoulder and they see her and they look and they say, hey, can you swallow? And the lady shakes her head no. Then he says, can you breathe? And she's turning blue at this point and she's still shaking her head no. The hillbilly gets up out of his chair, walks over to the woman, lifts up her dress, yanks down her panties, and then gives her right butt cheek a real big lick with his tongue. The woman is so shocked, she has this violent spasm, and the bacon comes flying out of her mouth. As she begins to breathe again, the hillbilly walks slowly back to his table and sits down. And his partner says, you know what? I heard of that there hind lick maneuver, but I ain't never seen nobody do it. Wishing you... A happy 4th of July. Shalom, baby.
What a wonderful 